Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! joining you here on a Tuesday morning. We are happy you have joined us, making us part of your day. Wherever you're getting podcasts from, be it supertalk.fm or anywhere else, glad to see that we are back on Spotify after a couple days uh, not on there. Don't have any clue whatsoever what happened there. Just know that it got handled, and for that we are thankful because we know a lot of you listen to us on that platform. So we're, we're glad to be back with you. Glad all of you guys are tuning in, especially our servicemen and women who are out there every day taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I tell you what, right now you can just take a, a glass of milk outside and it'd probably turn it into ice cream in about 30 minutes. <laughs> I could cut down on some labor for, for Churn and Spoon. <laughs> Don't need anybody. Just put the milk outside, put a little chocolate syrup in there. You come back an hour later, you got a Sunday. It's cold. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, it absolutely is. And it's also a great time, if you are cold, to go into the other side of the establishment. Yes, indeed. Or, now, the other side of town. Yeah. And uh, Walt's right in and, and get you a coffee. And if you're lucky, like you and I, mm-hmm. apparently we have free ones Wait. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Uh, well, I'll have to go check that out. At least according to the Twitter, we do. The Twitter sphere. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, whoever uh, sent those to us. We appreciate Much appreciate. That. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we appreciate you guys doing business with our sponsors, especially our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. Two locations here to serve you. In Starkville, and of course, if you're in Tupelo, there's Brupolo. Still waiting on uh, Tusca Brusla, uh, Brewmingham, yeah. and Brulana. Yeah, and for the SEC tournament, Bruver. Instead of Truist Park, Brewist Park. Now we're talking. Now we're in business. That, my friend, is a million-dollar idea. <laughs> All right. I also want to thank our friends over at College Corner. You can shop online at collegecornerstore.com, wherever you are in this big, bad world of ours. Or, of course, you can just, if you're in Jackson, Mississippi, in that area, over by in Ridgeland, they're over by Fleet Feet. Or if you're in Flowood, they're over by the Half Shell, and they have the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise that you could hope for. Anything you're looking for maroon and white, they're going to be able to take care of you. And when you go in there and you mention, hey, heard about you guys on Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi, we'll then you're going to get an extra 25% off that purchase. So don't delay. Get over there now. Get there before opening day. It's coming. It's coming very quickly. In fact, I believe uh, later this week, Joel and I are going to talk to baseball. I'm sorry, D1 Baseball's uh, Aaron Fitt. They are high on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, as it seems everybody is seeing them consensus preseason top 10 wherever I've looked. I want to get his thoughts on the, on the Diamond Dogs. We won't have Kendall Rogers on just yet. He has not determined yet if MSU was going to host. We will not have him on this podcast until he has a definitive answer uh, one way or the other. All right. We'll start off with, uh, with, uh, with a loss, but uh, a not what I expected. Not what I expected at all. To be totally honest with you, Joel, I thought State could go over there and maybe compete, but to to, to think that State would have the lead in the closing moments of the game, uh, I, I was not. I was surprised by that. And there, the 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 game did not play the way I thought it was, especially early in the game when South Carolina 
was sort of pulling out and, and looked like yeah, they, they were kind of maintaining a 10-point lead or so yeah. there for a little while, seven or 10 points. It looked like one of those games that's going to be constantly at seven, 10 points, and then maybe in the second half, South Carolina push it out to 13 or 14 and, and just sort of go from there. But that's not what happened at all. State, uh, after you know going down eight points in the uh, first quarter, really outplayed South Carolina the rest of the way, but could not hold on to the lead and f- ends up losing 81-79. Bulldogs shoot 49% from the field. Uh, they were only out-rebounded by three. Uh, they got 36 points off the bench, 54 points in the paint. Uh, transition points really hurt them, 22-6 to six, uh, a edge to South Carolina. Not a lot of turnovers from either team, 10 for State, 11 for, uh, for South Carolina. At the end of the day, this Mississippi State team looks like it, it looked different than I expected. And what I mean by that is I think they are a good young team but I, I, I thought that you know they would be outmanned at South Carolina. Instead, they went over there and made a statement that they can play with anybody in the country. It really outplayed them for most of the game. Yeah. Just could not hold on there at the end. Yeah. Made a couple of mistakes. And, of course, a terrible you know decision on the inbounds play down two with six seconds to go. I thought it was big, too. Uh, I believe it was Dan Barry. Kind of had a, a fast break opportunity a little bit. And pulled out. And, and she pulled out. Yeah. And, and and just go to the just, rim. Just go to the rim, see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Either you get fouled or, or, or whatever. At the end of the day, though, this team, they look further along than I thought they would be. I mean, if you told if you had told me on uh, Monday morning that Jessica Carter was only going to be able to play 24 minutes, only score two points, only get one rebound, and play in foul trouble most of the game because she's going to have four fouls, well, I would have said they probably lost by 20 points. Yeah. And instead they lost by two. They got good minutes from Promise Taylor and from Yamaya Morris. They had to play a combined 16 minutes, which is more than they would normally play. And they got big contract. I mean, uh, Aliyah Matharu had 10 points in eight minutes. Uh, Mingo Young had 14 points in 19 minutes. Um, just bi- Zaria Wiggins only played in the first half, I believe, but had eight points in eight minutes. Yeah. So... It's one of those things. I mean, when you look at you know, Bibby only had seven points on three of eight shooting. She rebounded well. She had nine rebounds. Uh, Maya Taylor only two points for her. These freshmen are starting to make it a little more interesting for uh, for Vic Schaefer. Yeah. In, in that they're making it where he's going to have some decisions to make when the, these lineup cards start coming in because. These freshmen are, are making the push that it's it's their time. They're going to go ahead and take over. Yeah, you, you kind of wonder too, since it is a lot of young girls coming up. If I mean, don't misunderstand me. Vic Schaefer would have definitely liked to have escaped the game with the win, but is this something now that he can point at for these girls and be like, "Yeah, you're, you're as good as the number one team in the country, but you didn't prove it." You know, can can he use that? Can he use the fact that they should have won but they didn't? as some of his coaching fuel to these young girls to say, yeah, you're not quite there yet, are you, kind of deal. I just – this is some high-quality sunshine pumping, I guess. But, I mean, I could see a scenario here where losing this game is just perfect coaching material for Vic Schaefer. To say that you're better than them, you saw for most of the game that you're better than them, and yet – you didn't have the ability to, to finish them off. So you have, you still have room to grow, you know, kind of right. deal. And I mean, we'll, we won't know the answer to that until we see the next couple of months, couple of years even play out. But you just kind of wonder if, if them coming up short in this game, if that can't be turned into a positive. But the fact that he can point well, out, he will. say that you outplayed them, but you still have work to do yeah. 
to finish. You're not good enough deal. just to outplay somebody. You got to do it. You got to do it all the way. Yes. I, I agree. Vic Schaefer will be, is the master of that of that kind of thing as well. Uh, I think Vic Schaefer has to be proud of his team. I do too. Uh, to me, this was a game, despite the fact that they lost it. That I talked about, if they went over there and won, that I, I felt like it kind of elevated the ceiling of what you thought this season could be. Mm-hmm. To me, it did the same thing. Even the way they lost, uh, the way they played throughout the game, to me. It has elevated the ceiling for what I think this season could be. Uh, I'm not proclaiming national title here on Thunder and Lightning, but, right? But you know, I, I think probably. Well, I, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I, I agree that you know I would have said, hey, if this team makes it to the Sweet 16, they should be pretty proud. Now I watch this team, watch the way they play tonight. And I think there's no reason they can't make a deeper run. Yeah, you know they they have the talent. If they, they end up after watching tonight, if they end up in the Final Four, you and I aren't sitting here going, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean we. Can, I mean we would be could, saying wow. It's we'd be saying wow, yeah. But it's, I guess now it seems a lot more possible than it did a month ago. Yeah, no, no, you're right. They, they are a good team that can be a great team this year, and then next year they are going to be a great team that can be an elite team. Yeah, because they bring everybody back, but Danbury. Now Danbury is a huge piece of what they're doing, and and tonight she was very good. Sixteen points for her, uh, four rebounds. She did foul out in the closing moments of the closing seconds of the game, uh, but she kept state. She she sort of sparked state's run to get the lead. Uh, she and, and Matharu. I mean, this team is the foundation is completely built. This is this this game to me better than anything we've seen this year provided the example of what Vic Schaefer has done with this program. That he can lose the kind of talent he's lost over the last... Think of what the players that have gone through this program in the last two seasons. Vivians, Schaefer, uh, Johnson and William, and then you lose McCowan, Howard, and Jazz Holmes. You lose That's eight players that are fantastic, all SEC caliber type players. And you can you're still within two points of the number one team in the nation on the road on the road with one senior. Your starting lineup was a senior, a redshirt sophomore, two redshirt sophomores, a uh, a no, I'm sorry, three redshirt sophomores and a true freshman. Your first you know three off the bench basically are freshmen. I mean yeah, there's something to be said for for what has been put together here, but for Mississippi State this was this was. Moral victory, Vic Schaefer would never accept. Uh, you know, statement loss. I don't know what exactly what to call it, <laughs> but I I learned a lot about this team tonight. Is how I would put it. I think it's my fair. my expectation level of this team has been raised from where it was three hours ago as we record. Uh, to to if they make another run into deep into the postseason, I'm not going to be surprised. No, because we went into tonight wondering if they could hang with the top teams in the country. And by top, I mean, you know, top five, six, seven teams in the country. Now we know they can. <laughs> so, I, it, it, like you said, I, I don't know what you call it. No, Nobody likes moral victory. Maybe statement loss is, is how you label it. But however you want to label it, you can wake up this morning uh, knowing – now that Mississippi State, regardless of who they're facing that particular night and wherever they're facing them, that Mississippi State can win the game. And I don't know that coming in to to Monday night that we absolutely knew that. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think that we might would have said, oh, they're too young, they're still growing, they're still learning. And now you go into every game knowing that you got a chance to win it for sure. Yeah. Um, they didn't win it. 
And like you said, Vic Schaefer is not going to accept that. But I, I think as a as a Mississippi State fan, I don't like telling fans what to think. You know, it's a free country. You think what you want to. Right. But I think that you should think now that regardless of who Mississippi State plays, they can beat them, whether it's now or whether it's, you know, in March. Yeah. They are, we, we talked about this before the show, they should move up in the polls if, if everything holds this week. They have games at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is a not a good basketball team. And then at uh, Ole Miss at home, Ole Miss is not a good basketball team this year. Ole Miss basketball is not good this year, either side. It's sort of, the women I get, but the men being bad, I, I don't quite understand what's going on there. But that's a story for another day. But you should be able to win both those games by pretty large margins. And a two-in-one week should put you in pretty good shape. You know, I won't be surprised if the next poll comes out and they're, they're up to seventh or something yeah. like that. They're putting themselves in position to be a two-seed. Uh, you just hope that you're not, you know, that what they should do is be a two-seed and then that regional could be hosted, or that sub-regional, super-regional, whatever it is, the final weekend, it's hosted here in Starkville. It, it would only be fair. After what happened last year, yeah, right? You got to get repaid. You got to, yeah, you know, one hand washes the other. So, <laughs> on, on a side note, and I, I, I'm not going to talk about the officials. Officials are just bad. I, I expect officials to be bad. Uh, but Beth Mowens and Debbie Antonelli should be embarrassed today. <laughs> I have never, and I mean, I, outside of David Kellum and whoever that crew is for Georgia that we've listened to in the past, <laughs> I mean, those guys work for the university. That was plain old-fashioned open cheering for South Carolina. There was one play in particular that stood out to me where South Carolina player drove to the rim. Rakia Jackson, I thought she made some contact, but whatever. And Debbie Antonelli just loses. That's not a foul? That's not a foul? I mean, she, that's how I would react if I'm sitting in the, in the stands with my kids. <laughs> These are supposed to be professional announcers with no hint of allegiance to their school. It was embarrassing. That was an embarrassing performance bad. for them. It really was bad. And, uh, and even like Paul Jones, who's one of the, the you know the guys who he doesn't say very much. He's just like this is embarrassing. Yeah. Well, I think his tweet was uh, so over under ESPN commentators charging the court after this one yeah. or something like that. I mean, it's just it's just you know that I mean I remember the uh, the UConn state game. In seventeen, where it felt like, uh, uh, was it Moens that like that, bowed? Like, like that was Doris Burke. It, oh, okay, but this was this was over the top. Like when they go back and listen to this game, they should be embarrassed by it. You're supposed to be professionals, and, I, and again, you know, I'm not, I'm not. You, you guys know what I am, and if I had to sit there and call state winning, it would be it would be difficult for me to keep my composure. Do they have I, Carolina ties? Like what? What's not the, that I'm aware of. So maybe it's just you, you're in that. That team's building, but that's and not so how it's supposed get, to work. It's not how it's supposed to work. I'm just trying to to figure out why they were like that because I agree 100. percent I mean, it was I, I, some I, of the I, most. I will say this: I guarantee this that if Richard Cross was calling a state Ole Miss game in the hump or in in the pavilion, and Ole Miss got out to a big lead, he would not act the way those two acted. Today. Well, I would dare say that somebody that didn't know who Richard Cross was would have no clue which school yeah, he was affiliated. That's with. correct, exactly. So that was that was not good, not good, ladies. And uh, yeah, I, and the thing is, like, I'm not one of these. I'm not going to jump on the Beth Moen's hate train that consistently runs on Twitter. <laughs> but I have listened to them call games before, and I know that they're better than that. That, that was something that that shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. Yeah, I, I do. I do just wonder though. And again, it shouldn't happen. Is it one of those scenarios? Because I think officials get caught up in the moment sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see an official sometimes when a, a home team takes a charge and they really get into oh, it. Oh, I can't they stand the, it. Can't they, stand they, it. They really get into the environment and, you know, pumping that fist, making that call. I kind of wonder if, if that didn't happen a little bit with being in, in, in Columbia and 
just kind of got caught up in the moment. The fans were loud, and, and they kind of got loud, too. And <laughs> I'm not trying to be the Beth Moen's defender here. I'm just trying to understand why it was like it was. Because like you said, and like Paul said, I 100% agree. That was, to steal your word again, putrid. It was putrid. It, yeah. it, it was, was putrid not, not, not an acceptable display by any stretch of the imagination. All right, let's, uh, let's talk a little football here. Uh, as you may have seen on Twitter, Coach Leach and his crew have, have started hitting the trails, mainly the offensive guys. Tony Hughes is along for the ride, obviously. We're still waiting on official confirmation of Brian Newberry if that's going to happen, see what the staff is on that side of the ball. But By, by the way, a little curveball real quick. Mike Leach looks like everybody's dad. Yeah. Just like hair a little bit disheveled, wearing yeah. blue jeans and like oh oh the coaches are here. It's like it's like he's the dad sitting there watching <laughs> the TV and you get to the knock on the door. Oh, was that tonight? <laughs> oh, well, let him in, let him in. You know, he just looks like, oh hey, welcome. Yeah, sorry, I forgot, I forgot. Uh but they're making the rounds. They're basically going to see commitments, although there have been a few guys they've gone to see. Or I shouldn't even say commitments, I should say signees. Uh, but they have gone to see a couple of guys who aren't. But what I found interesting on uh, on Monday was a couple of the offers that went out uh, to two quarterbacks, and not just any quarterbacks here. These are two uh, big-time players, uh, starting with a 2022 quarterback, so that would mean he's a, a, a rising sophomore. He's currently a freshman in high school, but his name is Nico Marchiol, uh, a four-star quarterback out of Aurora, Colorado. Uh, rated as the number uh, two pro style quarterback for the class of 2022, and no, then, he'd be a, he'd be a tenth grader then. Twenty. This is 2020, right now. Yes, but if you're a senior in high is that school, right? yeah. Uh, I, math. You're, you're you're letting the classes yes, get ahead I of am, you here. I am. Yeah. Okay. Because if you sign for 2020, it means you're a senior right now. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the school year is still going. I, I'll, I'll follow you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, number two quarterback in the country according to uh, 24-7. Uh, and then later on this evening, Sawyer Robertson, class of 2021, the number 10 quarterback in the country. State has got, in the past has gotten quarterbacks, four-star quarterbacks. You know They've got four on the roster right now. Uh, they got one out of Texas. That's where Robertson's from. He's from Texas. They got one from Louisiana, Keaton Thompson. Uh, Garrett Schrader, you got him because you had the pre-existing uh, relationship with Moorhead. But there was a four-star quarterback committed to Mullen, too. Uh, so quarterback isn't the big thing, but these are, these are a little these guys are a little different. You know, they just, they just are. First off, they're pro style guys. They're not dual threat guys, uh, which state hasn't recruited a top pro style quarterback since Tyler Russell, um, who I would have loved to have seen in this uh, offense. I will throw that out there. Um, we've talked about the, in the state of Mississippi for 2021. There's four four star receivers. Is this gonna? Is this it? Are we finally seeing the tide start to turn for Mississippi State in terms of getting, you know, running backs? They've gotten, they've gotten elite running backs. Kylan Hill was a high four star guy. Jaquavius Marks is a high four star guy. Eris Williams was a good four star guy. Is it finally going to start to turn now? I, I don't see how if you're a top receiver in this state, you can't look at what Mike Leach has done in the past and go, that's exactly where I want to play. Yeah. Did you see the the tweet that Dave Emmerich, uh, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Chief of Staff, yeah. put out earlier today? Um, basically, since Mike Leach has been a head coach, every one of his passing offensives has has finished in the top eleven in the country, and like over half of them, I think, was number one in the country in passing offense. So I guess I say all that to say, 
if you're a receiver or a quarterback and if Mississippi State can't can't get you now, is there ever going to be a scenario where they can? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, mean there are kids who want to, there are kids out there who just don't want to go to Mississippi State. Yeah. They're old Miss fans, whatever. Uh but if you're a high school kid right now, if you're a quality receiver, especially uh, think about right now, class of twenty twenty one coming in, you you could probably start from day one. You could be a true freshman starter, and if you play for four years, you might catch three hundred plus passes. That's got to be attractive. It just has to be. And if it is, here's where Mike Leach can really turn the tide towards Mississippi State in this thing. If that happens, and all those guys start jumping on board, and and this Leach offense does here what it's done everywhere else, and that's put up yardage, score points, and you continue the pipeline of strong defensive players to Mississippi State, holy cow. All of a sudden, you're looking at a scenario where you're recruiting pretty well on both sides of the football. And, oh, by the way, if you're putting up the yardage and points that you expect to under Leach, you don't have to just be completely elite defensively. But if you if you get a few of those guys, too, I mean, you could really – I'm doing some big-time sunshine pumping today. You really the are, yeah. But you could draw up a scenario in your head to where State does kind of bump up a little bit in the pecking order in the West. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here claiming they're the next Alabama. Don't misunderstand me. But if you start getting the type of talent at receiver and quarterback and things, I mean, State's always, for whatever reason, gotten talented running backs, and they got another one with Jaquavius Marks coming in. Um, they've always seemed to be fine at the running back position. But if you get the receivers, the quarterbacks, and you keep that defensive pipeline churning a little bit, mm-hmm. I mean, it's if you like to be optimistic, you can be. Uh, I, I'm sure I could draw you up a negative scenario too if you wanted me to, but but it's 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 an exciting time right now for sure. I, I think Leach might be. I don't know what you call him. He he may be exactly what State needed, I guess, mm-hmm. to get back in the game with with all these guys that they haven't been able to to reel in in recent years. Yeah, and now I see another uh, another offer made tonight. This is the first offer. You know, you remember how Moorhead said he wouldn't go after. Uh, Penn State players, yeah. Apparently, no such luck for Washington State uh, because uh, Nolan McCord has just gotten an offer, who is a Washington State commitment, not listed as a commitment on their their twenty twenty commitment site here. As far as uh, uh, is he not a twenty twenty commitment? Let me let me check twenty twenty one just for the heck of it here. No, but he's a kicker, and he's evidently one of the top kickers in the country. Uh, looking at if you if you're if you're someone who follows kicker recruiting. And I know that everybody is excited about that. Uh, he, if you go to the Chris Saylor website, which is one of the top kicking coaches in the country, he lists this guy as one of the top, as one of his top prospects, the number thirty-three ranked kicker. That can't be right. I don't know, but he says he's committed to Washington State, but he's not. It says he's got a range of fifty-five yards plus. He drives the ball deep into the end zone when he kicks. So, and he can punt as well. So, you know. That'll be interesting to see. You know, looking at Washington State's commitment list, obviously, you know their their current class is ranked 60th in the country. Yeah. But so I mean, there's not a there's not even a four star guy committed to them. But that's not to say that a couple of these receivers or something, if you you feel like you, you know they're they're worth your time, I won't be. State's going to have to play some true freshman receivers because there's just going to be so many guys. You know, a guy like Tulu Griffin, his stock just rose. Mm-hmm. He, he he's got to have a chance to start because you need two slot receivers now. Yeah. You know? And we talk about that recruiting and bringing in other guys. If other guys see like a Tulu come in 
And contribute immediately? That's going to help. Heck yeah. That's going to help a lot. So I think we're about to see a, a different look to Mississippi State's wide receiver recruiting, which, like we said, it's been so long. I mean, yeah. you think about how many four-star guys they've signed. Or how many four-star receivers after the first class, which had Bumpus in it, did State sign? Yeah. I mean, off the top of my head, Fred Ross. Jeronny Wilson was not a four-star guy. Neither was Fred Brown. Um, trying to think. you know, the, the, Joe Morrow was a four-star guy. Nothing really ever came of his career, though. Um, just It just hasn't happened. You know, and this is a state where they're receiver is is a position where they're 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 gonna always gonna be guys in this state. Yeah. Have we heard any kind of update on uh on Rufus Harvey? There was, uh, a, there was a lot of smoke that it, that was gonna yeah, happen this I, weekend. I'm kind of going back on on like things that I remember reading and stuff. I obviously don't keep up with recruiting and things, so I keep up with the guys that keep up with recruiting a little bit. And I think that you know states coaches and, and things I believe went to see him, mm-hmm. but. I think they're kind of waiting to see what happens in other areas. Yeah, first kind of deal. But I don't know. I'm a Rufus Harvey fan. I hope he gets that offer. Yeah. Um, I think that my personal opinion is State would not regret it. But we'll see what what happens there. Right, and of course, you, go ahead. this had nothing to do with that. You you were talking about Mike Leach going after some Washington State guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was uh, Schrader. Was he ever? He wasn't committed to Penn State. Never committed to Penn State. Okay. I was just trying to, in my brain, I was trying to think of who's like the the top state player to like follow a coach here or something like that was committed to him somewhere else. And then, the only, I mean, you had, you know, Schrader wasn't committed. Another example, not committed, but Bumpus was headed to Florida. Yeah. Before Mullen came to state. You know, he had made that, I think he said that before that, you know, he wasn't going to come play for Croom. And he, he, when when Mullen came on board, that sort of got him in the boat for Mississippi State. Um, beyond that, I, I can't really think yeah. anybody. You know, if we take it over all sports, I know who a winner may be. Andy Ten- Canizera, Tanner Allen. Yeah, came with Tanner. We can't get Tanner yeah. Allen. Yeah, that's that's a good example. I'm trying to think with Howland. Uh, I mean, it, it's difficult to say that Malik Newman came with Ben Howland, but he kind of did. But he, he came because of Ben Howland. <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of the same. Re- the bumpus thing a little bit. Yeah, a little there. bit. Kind of but well, thing. not not really because Ben Howland wasn't even in coaching though. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's he, true. But but at that point, he, Malik Newman and the concerned parties around him thought that State had a coach in there that could you know make that work, and obviously it didn't. But yeah, that's a good point though. It's a good question. Um, yeah. Um, there was something else I wanted to hit on tonight. I don't don't seem to remember what it was. Certainly not this Lakers game. Oof. Well, the good thing is, Brian, we do a show every day. So if you think of it, if I think of it now, between now and tomorrow, and then, yeah. we'll just do it tomorrow. <laughs> so tomorrow we got the rumblings, but we'll also preview Mississippi State versus Arkansas. We'll talk about that game uh, a, a little bit and uh, get you ready for what, if State can win that game and make it three in a row. Arkansas is, I think, 32nd in the net ranking. State is currently 57th. Could probably jump into the, you know, the, the low 50s or maybe even the high 40s at that point. Uh, and then it just becomes a question of do, you know, keeping the bad losses off your schedule. You know, there's three teams on the bottom of the net in the SEC: Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, and Ole Miss. And you play Ole Miss twice. Uh, you got to find a. And uh, Missouri's not great either. And you play Missouri again, and that game's on the road. And they should have their best player back at that point. Uh, so you're going to have to, you know, avoid those those bad losses. But if you can sneak a win here and there, you're going to put. If State's in the mid 40s, they're going to get in. Yeah, I feel pretty confident. But I think right now our prediction is correct: ten wins. Ten more wins, or if, what are they now? They're eleven and six. If they have twenty to twenty-one wins, they're going to get in. I think 
Yeah. Just depends and, on, uh, it depends on the losses, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, they're what two and three in the league. Yeah. I mean, if, you go eight and five. You go eight and five plus one and with beating Oklahoma, you're going to get in. Yeah. You're going to get. I in. mean, okay. I, I kind of think eight and five. Even if you lose to Oklahoma, you may be. It would be closer. You'd like to have that win. I mean, that's because it'd be a good win. Oklahoma's fifty third in the net right yeah. now. So that's. I mean, that's a top. Is that a quadrant one? Yeah, and it's a road game too. Or so a high that, quadrant, probably... and it's a road. It'd be a true road win. Yeah, that's that's those are like gold mm-hmm. when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So, all right. Well, tomorrow's the rumbling. So get your questions into us, and we will be uh, very very happy to answer them. All right. Have a great uh, Tuesday. I'm back with you on Wednesday for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Self high five. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.